0: This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean.
1: Hey! I lost enthusiasm for that. Immediately. Almost immediately. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice. Did not like it. It's the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast, and this is the person that nobody likes, Casey McClain. Uh, I want to start, I guess, by saying that there's a lot of bad shit going on in the world. There was an enormous explosion in Beirut. Every Hollywood comedian appears to be... An absolute monster. And I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I think you're allowed to not talk about it. This is not a podcast. If you came here... I mean, I'm very empathetic, by the way, to the people of... Uh, or sympathetic to the people of Beirut. I mean, the entire world's going through some pretty awful stuff right now. There was an explosion in Beirut. If you have the means... You should donate. I think I said that about, uh, like, the BLM causes, um, and the. I I I also think like, if you are a person who does not like the Black Lives Matter organization, by the way, there are so many other organizations to donate to. You don't have to donate to that one. That's not a good excuse to not care about racial equality. That's not, there's uh, bail reform organizations. That's kind of the one that I think makes a lot of sense, contributes to many of the, uh, disparate outcomes in minority communities, but there's so many things. So listen, I don't necessarily think that every person should be like allowing their day to be ruined by the, it's very hard right now to be a citizen of this earth, okay? I understand that. So, donate your money if you if you want to help Beirut. Donate your money. Me talking on a podcast, by the way, is not going to help Beirut at all. In fact, it might hurt him a little bit. To be honest with you, lose him a little credibility. Donate your money. I'm not. This supposed to be a funny podcast. Is the point. Uh, today's guest, Adam Posse, I think he's, uh, is he Big Lola on Twitter? Adam Posse is a great guy. He's, uh, he's now done, he's, he's now, uh, we talk about it on the podcast, but he's now unofficially done this podcast twice. He was the second guest that I had on this podcast. I interviewed... I recorded two interviews for this podcast while I was um, I was, was going to start it. I was going to release it April 1st. And then the tenor of the world changed pretty quickly. Uh, I, I think I interviewed Adam in February. And COVID happened. And George Floyd's murder happened. And I think our conversation would have come off as a little bit insensitive. And by the way, specifically on my side, it would have come off as insensitive. Although I think Adam, by the way, is a little bit of the kind of comic that... I'm not calling him a... There's this, like, dehumanizing way to describe people. If you call someone an edge lord, you don't have to take them seriously anymore. I'm not calling Adam an edgelord, but I am saying that he tackles some tough topics as a comedian and makes them very funny. Uh, so, I talked to Adam. At the time, we talked about—well, uh, I'll let you hear on the, pot, on the interview everything we talked about— we were talking about like the Shane Gillis firing from SNL. Uh, and we talked a little bit about like uh, the police. <laughs> you'll hear it on the podcast, uh, you'll hear it on the interview. But I I interviewed him and Casper Baby Pants, who is Chris Ballou of the Presidency of the United States of America. That I never released either interview because they both became very much. Uh, they felt like relics of the past by the time I would have released them. By early April, they felt like relics of the past. My day job, the last time I went in was March 13th. The last uh, pre COVID stand up comedy set I did in person was. March 11th, by early April, those podcasts felt like relics of the past. So, uh, Adam and I got together again, luckily, uh, via Zoom, obviously. I don't know when the next time I'm going to do an in-person podcast is, by the way. I might be doing, apparently it is legal to do a... Comedy show in someone's backyard as long as it's outdoors and it's like a private party, and maybe everybody's from the same household. So, I might be. I mean, obviously, you can't come, it's somebody's backyard. I can't give you, I can't tell you where their house is and have you come to that show, but. Maybe I'll take some video. That'll be interesting. Um, It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. If you're listening to this, uh, the day it came out, my daughter's birthday is August 6th, which is very exciting. It is amazing to think she's turning one year old. It's amazing to think she's been around for a year. Part of it is because much of her life has felt... Well, it's it's felt like accomplishments have been limited I will say yeah uh, my wife got her master's degree in that year which is uh, a remarkable feat she our daughter was born in August and my wife started and finished her master's degree uh, at WGU by March I mean it that made it what that meant was a lot of me solo parenting while she was studying. But I mean, that's a hell of a feat. Not many people do that, uh, that quickly after having a kid. So, and then, yeah, I mean, I've fatherhood is great, uh, for in some ways. (laughs) it's, I'm so dreading by the way. Uh, Washington, my wife's a teacher, Washington state schools have announced that they're going to start remotely or at least my wife's district has and um i'm probably going to be working from home and then we're going to have like a a one year and one month old baby and no real access to daycare technically i think we'll be paying a daycare but we won't be using them for a long time or very often so unless unless something changes if you if you have any if you have any pull at a tacoma daycare Let me know. Throw that weight around for me, baby. Uh, Yeah, because I mean, I guess we could just some days work together or for a couple hours a day take her to take care and work like work uninterrupted. That'd be good. But, I don't know. Wild time we live in. Um, yeah, and then, uh, my favorite comic, Joe List has a comedy special coming out August 6th, also Thursday, uh, when you're done having your own at-home celebration for my daughter's birthday, which, for which, by the way, this is what we're doing, this is, uh, I don't actually care about your opinion, but this is what we're doing for a celebration, we are having only our parents over. Uh, different parents, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Which, if you're good at deductive reasoning, indicates that one set of parents is divorced. That would be my parents. Um, we will be... I'm smoking 3 types of meat, pork butt on Thursday, ribs on Saturday, tri-tip. If you're a if you're a previous listener of the podcast, you remember when I almost set my entire entire neighborhood on fire because of tri-tip. I'm redeeming myself. I'm going to redeem myself on this tri-tip. Uh, clean the the grease trap on your grills. Ladies and gentlemen, also, you might hear the air conditioner on in the background. I don't give a fuck anymore. It is too hot to not have the air conditioner on. I have a like a little air conditioner, window air conditioner in this room. And what I've decided is I'll try to do editing, a little bit of editing to get the air conditioner noise out of the background, but I'm not going to sweat for you people, okay? Um... Yeah, Joe List, great comedian. Special comes out on Comedy Central's YouTube channel. It starts streaming at 6 p.m. Pacific time, I believe. It's streaming, though, so just whenever after 6 p.m., watch then. He's one of the best around. My favorite. Nice guy, also. And I had... It is fucking August 4th as I record this and last night I had fireworks either fireworks or gunshots but I didn't hear an ambulance or police sirens after so my inclination is that means fireworks in my neighborhood at 11 at night and it it's not even like they're not even the kind of fireworks that like go up and are pretty. So like the, the purpose of shooting those fireworks off at night, like, I mean, I'm over fireworks. I kind of like, I get it right. If if you're going to go through all the trouble of buying and lighting off fireworks, you want to see them look pretty. I get that. But I don't understand why throwing an M 80 in the middle of the street Ruining, making everybody in the neighborhood's dog bark is important to do at 11 o'clock. Or we've had them go off at like 2 in the morning before where all of a sudden my dog is barking, my daughter's crying, my wife is angry. Uh, I feel like it's at me even though I can intellectualize that it's not. I wake up, can't get back to sleep, and all of a sudden I'm I'm looking at spreadsheets at 3 in the morning. It's no quality of life. If you're, lo- th- by the way, this is how you know you're having a bad time. If you're looking at any Microsoft products at after midnight, not a good time. I wrote a spec script for King of the Hill. A COVID times spec, spec script. For King of the Hill, and uh, I want you to check it out. It's on. I get if you if you're interested in reading it in a different way. I'm happy to send it in a PDF form to anybody. I think it's okay. I think it's kind of funny. I didn't have a lot of confidence at the beginning, but I do think it's kind of funny. Uh, I have it available if you want to see it in that form. It's also on my Facebook fan page. It's on my Twitter page. I think it's probably easier to read on the Facebook page. Uh, I don't think I can put it on Instagram. Um, oh, I'll put, I guess I'll put the PDF version on the Patreon immediately, like, and then anybody that wants to read it there can read it, uh, and join the Patreon, patreon.com slash McLean. I'm posting full length interviews. Uh, I'm posting, um, ooh. I'm gonna put the full length interview of Adam Posse in here. And then in a day or two, I'm gonna add I'm gonna add the old interview. The interview we did in like February. I'm gonna add that to the Patreon. I don't know if that's where the Chris Ballou ones I think I'm gonna put I'll eventually just not have a an episode to put out and I'll just have to say like this is Chris Ballou uh circa January 2020 before we knew the world was going to collapse uh because that was really fun and like a big get because i mean i loved i have a i actually bought the the reason that i ended up interviewing him then was because the presidents were just just then putting out their the vinyl of their self-titled album which is like the successful album that they had it had a lump and kitty and peaches and uh it's called stranger dune buggy dune buggy we talked I talked to Chris Ballou about it on the episode but it's it's the closest thing to a president's or sorry it's the closest uh in the Venn diagram of Casper Baby Pants songs and President of the United States of America songs dune buggy is the closest to being a Casper Baby Pants song you could almost there's probably a little bit of innuendo you'd have to take out, but that could almost be a Casper baby pants song. Okay. That's enough of that. Um, read, go to the Patreon, read the spec script. I would love that. Read it for free. If you want to, I'm not, I'm not making that a, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be on there for convenience for the patrons, by the way, not many of you, but, uh, that's okay. I know times are tough right now. Um, Enjoy Adam Posse. He's... I was, at the beginning, I was looking for his Twitter handle, and then I just completely stopped doing that. And now I'm... Uh, oh, this is the most exciting way to intro. This is like a classic bad comedy intro, by the way, uh, where somebody stumbles... Oh, Big Lola, it's Adam Posse, A-D-A-M-P-A-S-I, and then his, for some reason, his, the name, he says... Uh, the name he has on there is uh is Big Lola. Okay, enjoy him after this word from our sponsors unless you're a patron, at which point you will uh you will have an ad-free version available to you.
0: Adam Passy is a stand-up comedian from Portland, Oregon. He is a regular at Helium Comedy Club, and has a podcast called Chumba and Wumba.
1: Oh shit. What's up dog? What's up? I'm so I'm excited that we decided to do video. <laughs>
2: Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna put a shirt on, but I was like, "Nah, <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't want a shirt. I'm, I'm fucking, I like this.
2: <laughs> oh, and the nipples! I got a nipple out of the deal. Hey, man, I'm not a man of half measures.
1: Is that a? Do I detect a real tree couch?
2: Um, I don't know. This is my folks' old couch. I,
1: uh, oh, okay. I got it out their attic when I moved to this flop house. Are they? Are they hunters? Is this like a? Is this a floral design or are they hunters?
2: uh they kind of went for it based on its size more than any pattern
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a leaf type theme yeah i see some are those you think those are those are like maple leaves i like it have i uh, annoyed you with these questions so far what was that i said have i annoyed you with these questions so far is this what you expected out of a out of a podcast interview
2: Nah, man, this is how Zoom this is how Zoom works now. <laughs> Talking about each other's backgrounds. Yeah,
1: I have. Uh, you might see some fruit flies in the background. I have. I set up a vinegar trap in my uh, in this room because I left a bowl of grapes up here overnight. Ah, uh, bad move. Um,
2: uh, I was uh, in a disgusting situation where a, a, a lady. Had fruit flies in her bathroom because she was not properly disposing of her feminine care products. Wow. So, so blood flies more appropriately. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say some vampire, uh, vampire flies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Whenever I'd walk, <laughs> whenever one landed on me, I was like, ah, it's not great.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, you know what, do you remember when, uh, when COVID first started and they were like, you might be able to get it from mosquitoes do you remember that or that's like all diseases right like like there's a bunch of diseases that you can get from it feels like uh like menstrual flies could uh they could cause some problems for you yeah <laughs> you get toxic shock because you've been uh, in a bathroom with menstrual flies all over the place i'm a menstrual fly expert at this point yeah. you're the i think you're the only expert in the world
2: It's a a very exclusive group. It's me and that lady.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and she's more. uh... It's me
2: and it's me and every lazy, gross woman (laughs) in the world.
1: (laughs) I was gonna say she's more uh, subject than expert. I think, but uh, how you've been doing uh, some live comedy? Is that Are you willing to talk about that? Would you like me to edit this out?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, Here and there.
1: The uh, pe- yeah, I, uh, people are really moralizing live people performing live comedy.
2: Um, I mean, I don't think it's great. I don't promote any shows that I'm on. I don't oh, really? think people should be out, but I also go to a grocery store every day. Yeah, so well, that's, for work, and that's, that's, that's like, how I look at it. It's it's a job. It's income for me. That's and my I argument for it. Is
1: like if if bar, it's like bartenders are these people that need to get back to work so it's okay for bartenders to go to work but then we we hate the people that go to the bar but without the people that go to the bar the bartender doesn't make any money so what's the point of them being at work you know what i mean and i kind of view it like a comedy club is slightly different from a bar but like why it's not that different
2: um well no i legit don't think people should be out but like i said it's just it's a job for me yeah i don't think people should go to the grocery stores often as they do yeah yeah they the fuck home but
1: i still serve them
2: every day sure yeah yeah. no that's what i'm
1: saying is like like i think you can be consistent and say i don't think people should be out at bars or comedy clubs or grocery stores or whatever which i think is what you're (laughs) saying yeah and uh yeah of course like you're uh Reasonably young, barely healthy person, so... uh <laughs> <You>
2: <laughs> oh, saw see... the
1: nipple. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I was thinking about this today. The last time I saw you in person, you, me, and Tacoma comic Kevin Eggleston piled into my Toyota Prius wagon. <laughs> 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 I'm the shortest guy of the three of us. Kevin's probably not much taller than me, but uh, <laughs> I'm also inexplicably the smallest guy. And I just... I love the idea of, because that's like a a Japanese vehicle, I love the idea of uh, several Japanese people contributing to this to have like three enormous dudes test the suspension more than it would ever get tested in (laughs) Japan. (laughs) They'd have to put 11 people in that car to test it.
2: You do need a, a group of Americans for that job. <laughs> i've lived in japan and ones my size are few and far between <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and most of them are professional athletes <laughs>
2: they're better shape they eat better less lazy all the stereotypes about us are true actually when i lived in japan it was like uh 99 and 2000 and they were complaining because american fast food Was getting really popular there. Yeah. And the country was getting noticeably
1: fatter. (laughs) (laughs) What I love is that we can outpace a country that eats rice every day. Like, we we talk about cutting carbs. The only way we can do it is like the only way Americans can lose weight Mm. is you have to do like a religious remove. You have to exercise yourself of carbs. Not exercise your body. Exercise yourself of carbs. That's the only way we can lose weight. (sighs) That country eats rice with. Multiple meals a day. And our fast food could still outpace rice at every meal. Yeah. Pretty it lets you
2: know it's the It lets you know the food is poison. <laughs> it's like less healthy than a pot of rice per capita. <laughs> per day. Why did you Two live Two burgers, and now the country's fatter than it was. <clears throat> <clears throat> Why did
1: you live in Japan?
2: My... My mom was a government employee. She, My dad was in the Army. Oh, okay. And he was retired at that point, but my mom still worked for the government. She uh, ran daycares oh, Okay. Uh, on the base. So she she worked at an Air Force base. So we lived in Okinawa. Oh, okay. It was uh, my, a really uh, cool place for me to be not productive right out of high school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa was uh, stationed in Okinawa. Um, during the Korean War, not during uh, obviously during World War II. I don't think there were Americans officially stationed in Okinawa. Yeah, I
2: doubt it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, is that the is that the craziest place you've been, or like the most? Where Where else have you been? Because you're you have like Tacoma roots, right?
2: Um, I was born on Fort Lewis, but like the full list is Tacoma, San Francisco. Munich, Germany; Staten Island, New York; Bayonne, New Jersey; Bremerhaven, Germany; Fayetteville, North Carolina; Vacaville, California; Okinawa, Japan, and then Portland.
1: Portland was a military transfer.
2: Uh, no, Portland is where my mom's family's from. Oh, okay. So when me and my brother broke out the nest, we didn't break all the way out. We <laughs> came <laughs> and stayed at my. Uh,
1: you went to the satellite nest my great-grandmother's old house <laughs> oh man it's just every single thing in your life is like the couch is uh a parent's old couch it's um yeah it's a, you have a nice family i think i think that's what we're I've been
2: slacking for a while
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ready to make fun of you for it but you have a nice family uh, <laughs> and then the last time i talked to you also you were Uh, full time comedy, and nobody in the world is full time comedy right now. So you talked about you work at this uh, grocery store, right? Like a, are you are you like legit a bouncer at the grocery store? Because the pictures that I saw of you first, like the first (laughs) first pictures of you, uh, working were nearly as a bouncer.
2: Um, like I've since become, I've since uh, went on to become a cashier. You know, onward and upward. But that's good work. Yeah. When I first when I first uh, started working, it's the grocery. It's the grocery chain I worked for before I was able to do full time comedy. Okay. And uh, yeah. So they only let 40 people in the store at the time. And I would. And so we got a door person, which I was uh, checking Matt, making sure everyone has a mask and telling him what the protocol was before I let him in and then keeping count. Which oh. is funny because I had a joke where I, uh, I wrote a joke like five years ago where I referenced being a bouncer at a grocery store. And now you're but back. Now I, yeah, since then I brought the joke back and I sit, talk about how I didn't know I was vision boarding at the time.
1: <laughs> uh, do you, is it a union grocery store? No. Okay, so no. You, don't, you don't start back at like the same seniority or anything like that? No, I was
2: actually fired back in the day. But because um, I was juggling between comedy and work, and so I was late all the time. But they can rehire you after six months, and I'm not at the exact same store, but the original manager that hired me worked at this store, so she oh, okay. vouched for me. Because I was good at my job when I got there eventually.
3: <laughs> so,
1: well, I, I think, and, uh, Do you do you have a... Because the original time we were supposed to do this podcast, I think you fell asleep for the entire through, not only the entire time, but several hours after.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I went way too hard the night before. And I, 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 I hangover slept right through that entire day. Uh, I messaged my apology to you. you I did, had a yeah. sandwich, and I went right back to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have... Do you have uh, punctuality issues?
2: Um, not these days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess you have one place to be. It's a lot easier to be there all the time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was actually my selling point uh, to when I was reapplying to the grocery <laughs> store. It was like, hey, you want to talk about my termination? I was living a double life, and now you're my life. So.
1: <laughs> Are you... Because I think a lot of times the suspicion when you're late is that you just don't care about the thing you're late to. If you cared about it, you'd be there. So, but, and I'm, I bet that's true of you. And I'm not, I'm not saying it about, uh, I mean, you don't have to care about this podcast because it's going to do absolutely nothing for your career. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, you're not late for comedy shows, I assume.
2: Um, I can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess you could say I have punctuality <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think my friends blow it out of proportion. I think I've been late to too many comedy shows. I'm pretty good about it. I'd give myself a B plus for showing up on time to comedy shows.
1: How far down the comedian curve are you grading that? Because comedians aren't necessarily known as punctual people.
2: Yeah the the uh, the um the initial CPT used to mean colored people time.
1: You could say (laughs) it. So I I started
2: doing. And still have to oh you can say it. I'll be sweet getting... about it afterwards.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh since I started doing stand up, it's come to mean comedy people time to me.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. His have you heard of so I... you're Samoan, but you've have you ever spent any time in Samoa?
2: Like No, I never the closest I've been is Hawaii.
1: So you can't blame it you can't blame it on Island Time even. Cause you've heard
2: of Island Time, I mean, I Island time with me. yeah definitely (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) i've been to a family event
1: (laughs) that's so funny that it's like you come from a military family and the island time still just made it in it still made it through
2: i mean not everyone's my dad (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh man i remember a couple years ago jesus a long time it's like when i first moved to portland around like 2000 2001 I went to a distant relative's wedding, and it started about two hours late. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember? Uh, uh, are you familiar with the catalog of genuine R and B sensations? Genuine, from- yes. Of you remember course. that one song? My whole life has changed. Yeah, Da-da-da-da. yeah, that for two hours because they didn't make a playlist. <laughs> 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 they only had her walking song. <laughs> And then, uh, and uh, it's so fuck that song forever. (laughs) And also, uh, a couple, like I'd say about four or five years ago, I went to my first cousin's wedding and she was running late. And I said, fuck this. And I went and slept in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up just in time to watch him uh, kiss.
1: my one of my best friends in high school was salvadorian his name was oscar and we used to call it oscar time because he was like the guy that he drove everywhere he always wanted to drive he's like a little bit of a controlling guy and uh so he'd always be like i'm gonna come pick you up but he hated waiting for you so he'd be like i'm pulling onto your street right now because he wanted you to be out and it would be like genuinely 20 minutes later he would show up to your house and it got to the point where I started to go when he'd be like, "I'm pulling down your street," this is the time I would take a shower.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to adjust.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like like he's he wasn't like that's not even a late person thing, right? Like that's a just an inconsiderate on time person who is yeah just doesn't want to wait at all.
2: <laughs> I get aggravated when I call a, a, a lift. And they're like, hey, be waiting outside. I'm like, fuck you, boy. All right? You park and you wait. I'm paying you. This is
1: – <laughs> I, I think this is an indication of self-worth because anytime I get a lift or if I get an Uber Eats or whatever uh, – not recently, actually. Now I just let them drop it at my door. But I used to be like the guy – that was like, I don't even want you to have to get out of your car. I'll come. I'll get it from the window. I don't want to be trouble for you. Uh, I'm going to come pick it up. I would never. Dude, a, a lift, I, I made a lift wait for 30 seconds one time. I almost disowned my whole family over it. <laughs> the,
2: so so your Salvadorian, friend, as you trained. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, like, I'm whipped <laughs> by, uh, by the Salvadorian <laughs> buddy. Of mine. You know, it's funny. I'm all, I've always been like a very on-time person, and my wife is the very opposite of that which is that's like a even a hacky reveal to give right like women are late we all know this <laughs> however uh the one time when I was single that I wasn't on time very often is I worked 6 p.m to six thirty a.m Friday Saturday Sunday into Monday morning and my family would schedule stuff they're like oh we're having brunch at 10 a.m can you come
3: and Ugh. it's like
1: yeah I can come but like Occasionally, I might be a half hour late because I've gotten forty-five—the only forty-five minutes of sleep I've been able to get—as a yeah. result of this. Because
2: I live in a different dimension than you right now. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and so they would—they've acted since then like that's the predominant. Uh, like that is the predominant frequency that I was late was like that one three-year stretch where I was working graveyard shift. They're like, Casey hasn't always been an on-time person. And, and it's like, <laughs> I lose credibility with my wife over this. She's like, your family doesn't think you're that on time. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I have a three-year stretch of people being inconsiderate to my schedule. And other than that, I've been on time my entire fucking life. I'm the guy that's like, I'm waiting outside in my car Waiting to see the other person walk up so they don't have to be awkward inside alone for very long. I'm on time everywhere.
2: (laughs) That sucks, man. I used to work graveyard. That's such a brutal life.
1: Yeah, because you
2: you can either you're either isolated and alone because your normal your normal world friends are sleeping without you. Yeah. Or you're fucking over your sleep schedule by trying to live your life on your off days.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I was uh, I was going to college, so Monday morning I would get off work 6.30 a.m. first class at 8 o'clock. I would go in to class. I'd go through like my 8 o'clock class. I had like a 10 and 11 o'clock class. Get off at noon, come home, and I would sleep from like 12.30 until 7 the next morning. And then I was like back on a normal schedule for the rest of the week and but that's like i'm sure that if i get cancer in my life it's from that like that's not a healthy way to live your life to be turning your schedule upside down constantly
2: no graveyard for sure took years off my life that i countered by taking even more with drinking
1: yeah Yeah, (laughs) in your face graveyard i decide when i die (laughs) that's uh so the last time that you were so, that, you know, you were the second person I interviewed for this podcast. And then I decided the tone was not necessarily appropriate for COVID times. And then we had a discussion on that that became less and less and less appropriate as time went on. <laughs> because did you I, ever put that out? No, I never did. It might be like one Clever day. man. Yeah, I know. I know. I, uh, I have an interview with you. And Casper Baby Pants, who is. He was. Uh, Chris Ballou is his name. He was the um, lead singer of the Presidents, the band The Presidents. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so I have an interview with you and him and i haven't put either interview out because for wildly different reasons the tone <laughs> isn't appropriate for the time cuz his is all about how like he's able to make like this sustainable living doing live performance for kids in this like you know it's cool to get these kids into like a space to see live music which like obviously his entire tour schedule's canceled uh yeah. he's uh, you know I'm, i think he's doing fine because he was doing fine before but uh, no income coming in. And then on yours, we, I brought up a tweet that I thought was funny. And I think it changed the tone of the podcast because a guy said, would you rather hang out with, uh, like three racist cops or three woke comics? And, um, first off, uh, I do want to say, I listened to the Chumba and Wamba podcast shortly after George Floyd's murder. And I, oh. I heard about your cousin I believe it's your cousin, right? Yeah, yeah. There, uh, I don't know if that was—I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast or if that had happened yet. But
2: it it happened. uh, uh, It happened on New Year's Day of 2019.
1: Okay, so yeah, that definitely because that was 2020 when we. I think yeah, it was 2020 when we talked about that. So, so I, I, I I didn't mean to be insensitive about that specifically. I was not aware.
2: well you're white <laughs> <laughs> you people never mean to be insensitive <laughs> uh,
1: I, I mean i, I think <laughs> if i release the podcast uh at some point we reached like we uh we reached a like a uh a water level and had like a good conversation at some point but it was tense for a minute more tense than i had uh bargained for when we (laughs) because i I kind of view let me tell me if you take this as a as an insult i kind of view you like a little bit of uh portland's patrice priest you say no 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 absolutely not patrice o'neill Patrice O'Neal.
2: Oh, Patrice you break it up. I heard priests.
1: Oh no, yeah. I said I said Patrice O'Neal, like elephant in the room. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Adam? Pause uh
2: Barely. It's it's getting choppy.
1: Let's see. How about now? Any better? I think it's on your end. That was better. Is it better? Yeah. I genuinely did absolutely nothing. Uh. I said I kind of view you as Portland's, uh, Portland's Patrice O'Neill. Now I'm just repeating this compliment over and over again, and it's. Can you? Have, did you hear me say it? Oh, I get the. Yeah, I get to uh, stand up and walk with no shirt on. This is too much. This is too much. I can't. <laughs> How am I going to keep my shorts on?
2: <laughs> hey man you don't have to wear anything either right <laughs> so did,
1: did you finally hear my compliment what i think is a compliment
2: yes uh it's a very nice thing to say uh, he's definitely uh yeah uh, i i definitely copy that thing where uh i say something horrible and then blame the audience for it yeah yeah so... and I, I actually i actually didn't know. I wasn't aware that he influenced me that way till another comic called me on it. He's like, oh, you do that Patrice thing. And I was like, oh, shit, that is where I got that.
1: That's funny. Yeah, I I, I don't even think, like... I just think that Patrice is a guy that we all talk about, like... He was... Like, right now, Patrice would be a Republican. And... In... You know, twenty like while Obama was president, like Patrice was just a comic. Yeah, Pat- Patri- maybe he wouldn't be like genuinely a Republican, but you know what I'm saying. Like he'd be he'd be taking the devil's advocate side on everything because oh, that, yeah, was, that was his sure. shit. And that's like to me that was the that was like the spirit of the question, certainly not the execution of that question. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, like, had I put that out, like. What's more cancelable than being like isn't it cool art racist cops cool? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I in fact I, I just snorted. I think I'm going to check and see if that tweet still exists to uh, cuz like I, I have to imagine that got deleted.
2: Is uh is my AC interfering with our sound at all? No, you're good. Oh, thank
1: God. It doesn't have to be perfect. This isn't NPR. <laughs> i've had my ac on the whole time so you're uh you're good uh i've decided that i don't give a shit about sound quality if it has to be 900 degrees for the sound quality to be good
2: yeah uh, absolutely when we record our podcast he's like you want the family yes <laughs> <laughs> no one listens to this i'm not sweating myself to death <laughs> <laughs> For my girlfriend and my friend Christina, who are our listeners. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. My mom isn't like, ooh, you know, I really liked the third act of the podcast, but that AC was really distracting in the background. <laughs> uh who tell me about the Chumbo and Wumbo podcast. I actually I've listened to a couple episodes, but I can't even remember who your co host is.
2: Uh Alex Rios. He's a uh, like uh, probably my best friend in comedy. And it's just, it's a super original concept where two comics get together and bullshit and talk about their week. We invented it. Yeah. We're we're revolutionizing the format. Innovators. We mostly started it because we noticed uh, as we moved on through comedy, because I started basically with him. I started when he first moved to Portland from Ben, so we came up together. And we're very close. But we noticed since we both tend to occupy the same spot on a lineup, and I'm sure you've experienced this with your friends as you've moved up in comedy, uh, you're not going to be on shows together.
3: Yeah. And
2: we're not going to see each other as much. And so we uh, we kind of wanted to make it a point to hang out once a week. So that's that was the whole impetus of the podcast. It's more for us. I think listening to it, it's definitely for us.
1: Yeah. And so describe this to the listenership of this podcast, Mom, is, uh, like, if you become a feature or a headliner and your friend also becomes a feature or a headliner, there's only one feature yeah, a weekend, right? So, like, unless he takes or you take a step down to be on the show together, which maybe doesn't make sense financially, also maybe, like, makes the club or room that you're working in go, like, oh, well, if we can get Adam as a an MC, why would we pay him to feature? If we can get him as a feature, why would we pay him to headline? So, yeah, that's a uh, that that's interesting. I don't have any friends uh, that are close enough to co-host a podcast with me anymore, so uh,
2: Damn, yeah. this is got sad.
1: I know. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just, this podcast is actually called Nobody Likes Casey McLean." Uh,
2: (laughs) well that checks out because you did have a podcast that had
1: a co-host and and look at you now Casey that's funny I was actually in fairness I was uh I was texting with Taylor Bonzer, who's who was the co-host that you're talking about uh right before you came on and we introduced our dogs this week if there is a we took our dogs to an elementary school to run off leash if there is a wider thing you can do I'm not sure (laughs)
2: <laughs> my uh my friend oh shit we should talk about it on the next episode of my podcast my friend who produces my podcast his dog uh, kept getting uh yeast infections and the, the vet said the dog has too much vagina <laughs> so he's eventually gonna have to get his dog's vagina Circumcised. Yeah, like, I
1: guess. That's like female genital mutilation level of shit. Yeah. Well, I, I
2: accuse him, like, wait, you're getting your dog vaginoplasty? That is the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gay. So I'm like, this is kind of offensively a gay stereotype thing you're doing right now. Like, I'm offended for gay people that's, at you and your boyfriend right
1: now. That's an uh, erasure, I think, of her vagina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still smoke cigarettes? Uh, when I drink, oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, at least so, twice a week. <laughs> when I when I when we worked together, were you not drinking at that time?
2: No, I was in diversion for a DUI I got last yes, summer. Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah, so
2: you were smoking. That just, then... uh, I actually just finished that class up last month, I believe.
1: Okay, and then right back yeah. to drinking yeah at least they're in quarantine <laughs> I even heard uh I heard an interview that uh, a very it's a obscure interview on the Joe Rogan podcast with uh Hannibal Burris I don't listen to Joe by the way I know I look like a guy that listens to Joe Rogan all the time I listen <laughs> I listen on the rare occasion that there's a comedian that I really respect on there that comedian being Hannibal Burris and uh he's the guy that I've heard talk a lot about um, sobriety because I, I suspect his thing is not really, like, addiction to alcohol, but addiction to, like, the lifestyle or maybe needing, like, some boundaries around the lifestyle. And even he took... He did, like, a, a rooftop show and took a shot at the rooftop show because he's like, yeah, dude, I'm doing a rooftop show in quarantine. I'm taking a shot of whiskey. <laughs> Are you... So what's your drink of uh, choice?
2: Um, I mean, actually, in the summertime, again... I'm a basic bitch. White wine or white cloth. <laughs> it's hot, man. I'm not trying to... Actually, I, I started... Uh, I started veering away from beer uh, I think last year or the year before that. It's just a friend turned me on to it because I drink a lot <laughs> when I yeah. drink. And it's uh, you can have all that in beer or you can just have half the amount of liquid in other things. And so...
1: Yeah, that's uh well th- but the problem with that is cuz I have that issue. I can drink a decent amount. Although as I get older and we have a kid and my lifestyle won't allow me to be hung over as often. I uh, I've noticed that I don't do this as much, but it used to be like I had conditioned myself to how much beer my body could hold. And then on the nights when I drank hard liquor or wine or whatever i would just drink the same amount of volume but much higher alcohol percentage oh no <laughs> yeah so i was like dude i i had this stretch of time where like if i ever had uh an energy drink like if i had a a vodka soda or not a vodka soda a red bull vodka or like a, remember when they what was that drink called where the oh a Jaeger bomb where they would take a like a dude i was blacking out that night invariably because i would be i the thing that did is it gave you enough energy to make the shitty decisions that you're normally too tired to make including drinking way more it's basically homemade four
2: loco yeah (laughs) which those dangerous drinks i can't believe i can't believe that many people died (laughs) from mid-city from drink back
1: in the dude, day. Dude, I remember I had that stuff in uh, Atlanta, Georgia before it made it to Washington State. I had that, and uh, I think Juice had not made it here yet. And, uh, dude, I, I remember, because I went there, and I was like, my buddy that lives there, and all of his friends were like just recently out of college or in college, so we were drinking like the cheapest shit you could drink to get as drunk yeah. as you could, you know? And yeah, Four Loco was like brand new. But the problem with Four Loco is it's cheap, but again, it's like that it's what I've heard about cocaine. I can honestly say I've never done cocaine, but it's you're awake when you're done with this thing, you're drunk, but you're awake. And you're yeah. motivated to continue drinking. So even yeah, though it gets I, you very- <clears throat> I the the one
2: time i oh, I think I guess I drink it a couple of times. But I remember the last time I drank Four loco, a cousin of mine brought it to the house, and, like, we were all drinking and stuff, and everyone went to bed, and I just stayed up drinking this Four loco. And then I finished the last Game of Thrones novel
1: that was released.
2: They, <laughs> like, you burned retain? through the last half of it.
1: How much... I've, I've also had this happen as an adult. I think I'm... I think I've been ADD for a long time. But, uh, as an adult, like, you give me two beers, I'm not following the plot of any movies. I'm not... Like, reading? Reading? While well, I'm drunk? I don't think, dude. Like, I don't know how the, like, Ernest Hemingway did what he did drunk, because, dude, I'm not writing when I'm drunk. I don't often
2: read when I'm drunk, but uh, it really it really went well with Four Loko. If Four Loko gets brought back to full strength, you should try uh, Four Loko and a good book. That's my suggestion for a nice evening. <laughs> wow. Just run yourself a bath, light some candles. <laughs> really,
1: really treat yourself with Four Loko. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Four Loco and maybe some, uh, some like, a romance novel.
2: Oh, yeah. Little, little Danielle Steele.
1: Yeah, that's the name I was going for. <laughs> I was worried. I was, I was going to say Anne Rice, and I, I think that might be an author, but it also could be, like, a conservative uh, Supreme Court justice, so I'm not sure that, that name No, goes. no, Anne
2: Rice is the uh, the interview with the vampire
1: oh, okay. author. okay. Very romantic. Yeah, and uh, her book suck. <laughs> <laughs> i tried to read one no i've
2: read I've, I've read one and a half and uh back in the day and uh it's just excruciatingly detailed yeah like she'll be heading a scene six paragraphs on the coffee table oh in my the scene God. it's just i'm like lady tell me the fucking story i don't
1: yeah, that's, I, re- I tried to read, uh, t- there's two books that I would compare to that that I've tried to read in my life. Uh, one book I finished, The Hobbit, is like that, I think. But the problem with The Hobbit for me was, so I, did you have a accelerated reader in school? It was this program where you'd like um, you'd read books and then you'd take like a short test on the book and you'd get a certain amount of points for the amount of questions you got right. And then you had to get a certain amount of points every month or semester or something like that.
2: Um, we we had something sort of like that. So we, I think our thing had like prizes.
1: Okay. So the Hobbit. Yeah. A lot of t- a lot of times, what kids would do in my class is they'd find like a one or two point book, and they wouldn't even read the book. They'd just fake it through the test. And if they got like if you did enough of them, and you got a half a <clears throat> point or a quarter point, you take thirty tests. You get to your thing. Well, I was like, I I have too much honor for that. So I'm going to read, I'm going to fully read The Hobbit and take the test. And it's like 13 points or something like that. I read the whole thing. I'm so fucking confused for the whole book. I take the test, fail it miserably. Zero points. I spent a month on this fucking book. Zero points. (laughs) Another book like that is uh, I read, I was trying to read the book version, which by trying to read, I mean listening to the audio book of american psycho because it's like a very good movie but i thought uh you know like the book must be better like it's so detailed it must be better and I've never learned so much about '90s male fashion. I have to say, have you ever seen American Psycho? All I've of, seen American Psycho. You know Psycho. those scenes where he's like being very meticulous about his like his beauty regimen? Well, imagine those in paragraph form. They're fucking That's, long, okay?
2: <laughs> it's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's like he describes every single person's clothes to the color to the collection of clothes that they they were in. It's too much, and so I stopped. I stopped on that one also. <laughs> what's your favorite book uh, i didn't, I wouldn't have had you for much of a reader i don't know why that is but thanks casey hey man i'm very <laughs> impressed i know you're a smart guy but like who reads these days i haven't read a book since i don't know 2001 maybe
2: no the only time i've ever really like dug into books is uh when my phone's busted or something <laughs> like that uh my brother actually gave me a book at some point during quarantine so i've been working my way through it it's a, a an autobiography of Jim Ross, the wrestling announcer. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. I'm a wrestling nerd. But which is fine. My favorite book I've ever read? Hey. I don't know. <laughs> I like uh, – I, I read mostly – I try to force myself into a grown-up book every now and again. I read oh, okay. a lot of sci-fi fantasy, though.
1: I was uh, – uh, my- I- I think my favorite book is probably Freakonomics, which is uh, nerdy and probably an unacceptable book to be your favorite book. Um, I read this book in high school called The Rule of the Bone. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's about this kid. I think it's a white kid that goes to Jamaica, like ends up living in Jamaica. Let Let me confirm that. It's really good, but it's written like... It's written kind of like a – yeah, okay, so 14-year-old – yeah, I think he's a white guy. Anyway, it's written like a 14-year-old would tell you a story, like there's no quotation marks in it when people are talking. It's just like – it's. I don't know. It's really interesting how they wrote it, but it's like this kid that goes to Jamaica and he drops out of school and starts smoking a lot of weed and having sex. <laughs> Which I read in high school, by the way, and then did a book a book report on, which is uh, nice. pretty wild that they would let that that book would be in our library. I um damn, what was I gonna? Oh, I read, I read Sinler's list a couple years ago. That's a book. Yeah, I feel like shit for not knowing that was a book. By the way, how is it? Or did you just read the list part?
3: I just read
2: the list. Uh, Not yeah, just uh, a bunch of Jewish names. Not as interesting as you think it'd be. No, I read yeah, I read the actual book. uh, The the, you know the story of Oscar Schindler, and it's it's a really great book. It's fucking brutal because it's about the goddamn Holocaust. Yeah. But so I was I was reading the book on the train, and I just got aggravated with how pretentious I felt like I looked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading Schindler's List.
1: (laughs) Dude, I wish I wish it wasn't weird for adults to make like book covers for the book. My friend bought me this book, uh, God Is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens, which is like I think a pretty off sided book by atheists. And I I wanted to read it, uh, but I didn't want to have a conversation about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I what I was riding a uh, commuter train, same same kind of thing, I think. And I just didn't want anybody that had read it to start a conversation with me or someone who was offended that I was reading it in front of them to have a conversation with me. So oh. if I could have put, like, one of those, like, uh, brown paper book covers over it, that would have been perfect. <laughs> like in high school? Yeah, exactly. I'll put a bunch of stickers that's, and shit on it. That's, a, that's
2: actually a smart move. Hey, Casey, can you hold on for a couple of minutes? Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. All right. All right. Sorry about that.
1: It's all right. I was hoping you'd come back completely naked. (laughs) Uh, All I'm wearing is a skirt, so. Oh, baby, a camo skirt. Is it a skirt? Is it truly
2: a skirt? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lava lava, as I would call it, but it's essentially a skirt.
1: Thank you for giving me the real name. I appreciate that. I, uh, now I know what to buy for myself. That's I, that sounds very comfortable. I don't think I could wear one in public, but it does sound very comfortable.
2: Uh, every every friend I've ever had made try one was converted.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, good, uh, man. I can imagine a level of breeze feeling tremendous right now precisely (laughs) um okay we were talking about books but i think that was we might have exhausted all of the book talk that i had (laughs) the last uh the last time we did this i know i asked this and this is how much retention i have who are the other samoan comics because i know you said there's a couple that are like fairly well known
2: um so there's these two guys called Laughing with Samoans. Mm-hmm. It's like their comedy troupe, and they do. They do mostly live sketch and some stand up. But they've been around. They're a real niche act, but they got it like uh, they're they're kind of like those guys where they'll come to your town, yeah. And every single Samoan in the city will go see you.
1: <clears throat> right, right. That's like that's like like uh, I mean, obviously he's much bigger than that, but like Russell Peters. You go to when he goes a place, every yeah. Indian person in that area is going to see him.
2: Yeah, but it's like it's humor that like outsiders would not get. Sure, it's very specific to them. Other than that, uh, <sighs> James Mane is the only other Samoan comic I've met that's still doing it. I uh, met a really cool guy named Mike Ula from San Diego, but uh, he—I've been told that he quit. Oh, and got a real life so <laughs> where's james white james white from hawaii oh, okay yeah that's how few of us there are
1: because i went to hawaii <laughs> to do con and did comedy and i met one samoan comic <laughs> that's crazy because i mean there's a decent comedy scene in i mean i think if you're like a pretty good comic in hawaii you can make decent money right because there's not even that many comics there but a, but uh a, thriving entertainment scene
2: uh when i was well at least on honolulu uh when i was there i did i did a couple of shows there's not really a lot of money gigs though
1: oh okay
2: yeah there's kind of this run that's worth a couple hundred bucks that's for a comedy comic of our caliber
1: of course sure if you filled uh like if you filled an arena out there you could make a little bit of money I suppose.
2: Yeah, if you joke quiet, you might get a little <laughs> bit of change <laughs> off of that.
1: You know, if you have a day declared in your name. <laughs> yeah, the I'm trying to think of the dude's name. He did um Ari Shafir's podcast that uh I'm not going to look it up, but yeah, there's I know they've had and they had like a festival out there. That's too bad. I my uh, my friend is from the thing you said about those uh, those guys. Or my my friend is from Koshai, which is an island in Micronesia, and it's uh, he's he, they have a his cousin I believe has a band that there's so few bands on Koshai that they're just called and style band, like Koshaian style <laughs> music. <laughs> which well, you should go check him out. But he uh. We went through, like, their biggest hit, which, again, like, what's the biggest hit on an island of maybe, like, 5,000 people? What is a hit? What does that mean? Does that make you any money? Like, is that... Can you even make money doing music on Koshai? But, uh... And taught me, like, some of the words, like, what they meant, like, what they were talking about, which is kind of cool. Like, I still actually know, like, a little bit of the song. I'm not going to sing it to you right now before you ask, but, uh... (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh... You can be like that level of niche, because there's a there's a fair amount of Samoans in in the United States, right?
2: Yeah, but especially on the West Coast. <laughs> the the area right now in the Northwest, in the Northwest, we're the number one uh, COVID population.
1: Oh, is that true? Nah. Why is that? Is it? Yeah. Is it because like Cause... they they're still working? Are Samoans still working?
2: it's because my asshole relatives don't listen to anyone
1: (laughs) i you know it's funny i noticed this thing i so when i worked graveyard shift oh you know what i was gonna i was gonna connect back to the uh the racist cops thing i think a good way people want to know how to get like uh exposure to other races without being offensive and stuff like that. And I think that if you work manual labor, you are going to work with a diverse group of people. Like, there's no doubt you're going to work with a a diverse group of people. I used to work with a fair amount of Samoans, and I was surprised there's a lot of uh, Mormons and Adventists. which, Which, like, I mean, it makes sense because those are two, like, missionary-based religions, and so they, you know, you show up and you're the only... Uh, christianity show in town i guess and uh it was
2: uh it's mormons adventists and catholics
1: oh are know, there a lot of catholics three majors. also yeah i guess mormons yeah. and adventists stand out because they're so like rare weird. among I, mean, I didn't say that but i, I mean I'm not i was
2: raised seven day adventist i'll say it <laughs> oh
1: yeah i i dated a woman that was uh that was she was like we're like adventist light and i was like oh okay that's uh like her family wouldn't eat Uh, What is it, cloven hoof animals? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Cloven hoof has to chew the cud, uh, swims in the water without scales or fins, I think. Scales are without scales and gills. So basically just fish, no shellfish.
1: Yeah, so. No caffeine. Oh, no caffeine? No caffeine. Caffeine's a drug. So so for loco, you're like breaking, you're sitting in several ways. (laughs)
2: it's funny i used to keep the dietary thing like in like my later years before i like stopped acknowledged that i didn't believe anymore Mm -hmm. i keep the dietary thing but i was still an avid drinker then one day i'm just (laughs) sitting there with a hangover i'm like eat some fucking bacon you hypocrite
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny because like i actually the i'm a i would say i'm like an atheist but the older i get the more i understand why people are religious like I come from like the place I live has art and entertainment and shit and there's like a commu- like several communities but like some cities the entire community center is the church right like you you uh if you don't like that's where you meet your wife that's where you like the people that will help you in your town you meet them there etc yeah. and so like I feel lucky that I didn't have that as like a I didn't have to rely on that um but i think like the coach like kosher and a lot of the dietary stuff makes sense for like it sounds so random but you're like yeah shellfish were dangerous back then yeah back then red tide re, well not only red tide but like how often can you easily and reliably boil water uh mm-hmm. how quickly did food spoil back then like yeah it's like clear like you could maybe cure some beef and save it but you can't like you can't do that with crab or lobster, right? Like that shit's going bad nah. immediately. So yeah, that's, uh, it all makes sense if you give it any thought. Right. But our first thing is like, just to make fun of it. I think, does it yeah, crab it, and lobster no good for Adventists or were they, were, are those in? Yeah. Yeah. Shellfish. Shellfish is in or Out. out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Oh, if it has so, scales, it's okay.
2: Yes. Yeah, I think you need scales and gills. I think those are the requirements for something to eat in the water. Yeah, well, I always looked at it like uh, you know, like the people putting together the religion like, "All right, let's let's con our tribe into not fucking murdering themselves for yeah. dinner."
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, population growth and uh and retaining population was important back then, right? Mm-hmm. Now yeah. now we could probably do with a few uh, a few less people, but uh Anyway. There are I the when we talked last we were also talking a little bit about Shane Gillis. And I've since I've learned Adam, I've learned. Now I have I I still stand by the idea that I think comedians should be able to make jokes, but I didn't realize this thing about that which is that uh, Asian people get made fun of more freely than other people, like they just people just say stuff about Asians as though it's true with impunity more often. Like I think most people understand that if you're doing a joke that's potentially offensive to black people like you're walking a tightrope but yeah. they're not as as, uh, careful with Asian jokes
2: oh not at all which is fucked up yeah. <laughs> it was either last week or the week before on my podcast I said <laughs> I said Asian people are the white people of colored
1: people <laughs> 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 So uh, I think that Samoans people put out stereotypes about Samoans without uh, without questioning them like I think there's two things Samoans are big mm-hmm. and they're nice until they're not nice yeah until they're yeah. not nice and then they are very not nice. Do you think yeah. that is? Like are those accurate? Because I've also never heard a Samoan dispute those stereotypes. <laughs> you think those that do they yeah. They-
2: well, well, it's uh it's an island full of farmers, you know. Sure. So that's why, that's why you know Samoans get recruited so heavily for football, as yeah. do all the farm culture places in America.
1: Yeah, that's you know, oh, that's Texas, a good point actually. Never, yeah, never, so
2: like uh, that that lifestyle, and. That history of living like that has bred us
1: this way. Did you play football? Not well. (laughs) Do you feel a little bit like a seven footer that couldn't dunk by not being a (laughs) movie? Yeah.
2: Yeah, people always want to ask me about it and i straight up for years i lied i lied and said i was better than i was you could and say like,
1: you should start by just saying yeah i played a little community community college football but i blew out my knee that's what your answer should be
2: i used to lie about an injury
1: because
2: <laughs> i was just so embarrassed because i knew what was expected of me yeah and then it's like then it turned in my 20s i was like i don't give a shit it sucked I sucked at football. Deal with it.
1: Did you do plays? Did you do something embarrassing like plays?
2: Uh, I was... Man, my, uh, my game IQ sucked. I never understood where I was
1: supposed to be on the
2: line. Like when they call... Uh, I was a defensive lineman. And when they call strong left, <laughs> I know what the fuck I was supposed to do. <laughs> I didn't listen. I sucked.
1: I was a bad kid. I was a bad student. I was lazy. I think you misunderstood what I said, though. Did you do... Did you act in plays?
2: Oh my bad. I thought you were asking if I did something embarrassing in a foot play
1: on the oh, field. Got you. I got you. What? So yeah, because you had to have done something once you realized you sucked at football. What did you fill that time with?
2: Video games and bullshitting with my friends. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was never like much into like anything extracurricular at school. I just got in and got out as quick as I could. Did like, you I didn't get even go to right? prom? I had no interest in any of I that stuff. I didn't go to stuff. prom either.
1: I was—I never wanted to go until my senior year, and then I was uh, like, not even dating, dating like in retrospect, not dating, right? Like I thought that I was on the verge of dating this this girl, and uh, I was not. And oh, she—I asked her to prom. She said yes, and then like days before, was like, oh, I'm not gonna go like uh did not did not go to school with me that was uh so it was not her prom uh yeah pretty so i didn't go which is fine that stuff's expensive you know
2: yeah also yeah the money and the fact and probably the fact that i was so single were both probably big factors in my attitude towards that as well
1: yeah yeah There's a this is
2: a pretty girl wanting to put on a nice dress and go somewhere I probably would have been on board
3: with it
1: yeah certainly I think like uh, I remember I spent it with my friend Curtis uh, I think smoking weed on a dock at his apartment complex which makes it sound like a much nicer apartment complex than it was
2: yeah it really does
1: Um, smoking weed on a dock both talking about how we didn't want to go anyway
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that my attitude is like, it's stupid. It's a stupid bullshit scam for money. Also, <laughs> also, no one will touch me.
0: <laughs> Donald Trump did an interview with Axios's Jonathan Swan. It was a very revealing interview and one of the best displays of true journalism during his presidency.
4: Can you look at some of these charts? I'd okay. love to. We're going to look. Let's look. And if you look at death, yeah, start to go Here's up again. One. Well, right here, the United States is lowest in numerous categories uh, were lower than the world lower than the lower world. than what Europe in, in what look. in what take a look right here here's case death oh you're doing death as a proportion of cases i'm talking about death as a proportion of population that's where the us is really bad Well, well much worse than south korea germany etc you can you can't do that you have Why to go, I do that? you have to go by you have to go by where look here is the United States you have to go by the cases the cases why are not there. as a proportion of population we have somebody what it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has it, where there's a case oh okay the people that live sure. from oh, those cases it's surely a relevant statistic to say if the US has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus because you South have to Korea go by the cases well, look at South Korea if, for example 51 million population 300 deaths. It's like it's you, crazy. You don't compared to know America. that. I do. It's you, on the, don't know it's, that. you think they're faking their statistics? Uh, South Korea? I not because they have a very good relationship yeah. with the country, but you don't know that. And they have spikes. Look, here's Germany, one. Low here's, 9, one here's one right here. United States. You take anyway. the number of cases. Okay. Now look, we're last. Meaning we're first. Last. I don't know we what we're first best. in. As a well, take a look. Okay. Again, it's I'll cases. Just, okay. Um, and we have cases... Because I mean, of the testing. Wait, a thousand wait. Americans are dying a day. But I understand. I understand. On cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am. But if you take a look at this other chart, look. This is our testing. I believe this is the testing. Yeah. Yeah, we do more tests. No, wait a minute. Well, don't we get credit for that? And because we do more tests, we have more cases. In other words, we test more. We have. But, now take a look. The top one—that's a good thing, not a bad thing. The top, Jonathan. <laughs> if, if 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 hospital rates were going down and deaths were going down, I'd say terrific. You deserve to be praised for well, testing. They but even, they're all going you up. know, they very rarely. Hosp- talk. Sixty thousand Americans are in hospital. If you watch the 1, news dying or read day. the papers. They usually talk about new cases, new cases, new cases. I'm talking about death. Well, you I mean, look at death. It's going up. Death is way down from where it was. It's it's a thousand death. a day. It was two and a half thousand. It went down to five hundred. Now it's going up death. again. Excuse me, where it was is much higher than where it is right now. It went down it went spiked, up again. But now it's going down again. It's, it's going, going down in Arizona. It's going down in Florida. National it's going up. down in Texas. Take a look at this. These are the tests. It's going down in Florida? Yeah, it's going. It leveled out and it's going down. That's my report as of yesterday. All right, so that
1: was a, an Axios interview with Donald Trump. It's a 15-minute long interview. Obviously, that is like a, a two-minute chunk um, <sighs> the way the data has been bastardized throughout this whole COVID pandemic has been one of the most disconcerting things in this country. And it's a great way, in my opinion, to view It's a great uh, example of the way that data can be used to manipulate people. And I actually don't mean just Donald Trump here. I think that, so this country has 330 million people and it has half as many deaths per million people as uh, like Belgium it has less deaths per million than the than the uh, European countries that are the worst off. Also, places that are receiving a lot of praise, like New York and New Jersey, specifically New York, have more deaths per million. They have twice as many deaths per million as Belgium, which has the most deaths per million. Of any country with over a million people. Now. New York has some disadvantages. In this. Uh, situation. It does seem like population density. Hurt New York. Uh, by the way. I said earlier I was going to try to make this podcast funny. And now I'm doing this. I do want to talk about data though. Because I I do care about it. Uh, I think that. For like months there's been this thing where it's like anytime anyone wants to bring up per capita data, they get shunned. And now Trump tries to bring up Actually I think the case fatality rate thing is interesting. If you're if you're not familiar with the stat that he's referring to, that Trump is referring to, uh I think that the United States has like one quarter of the case fatality rate of uh let me see. It's our world in data is I believe the the place where this is available publicly. Maybe Trump has a version of this that's... So case fatality rate among... Let's see. Can we get like a... Can I do this in a way that's not completely horrible? The United States is low, is the point. I think the United States case fatality rate is uh, around 5%. Um, and, you, uh, you know, of course, cases are a... As, uh, as old Donald said there, like uh, cases are a function of testing, which is true, but when your test rates are going up and your positive test rate is going up, it's not really a sign that you're eradicating anything. Uh, test rates also aren't necessarily going up right now. So here's a good example. The United States has a case fatality rate as of recently of 3.3%. Italy has a case fatality rate of 14%. 0.2%. Now, the reason Donald Trump wants to use that number is because it's the number where increasing testing actually makes him look better, because what has certainly happened in Italy and what has certainly happened in uh, Spain and places, by the way, that have reduced testing, uh, that is true. I don't I've never really gotten why we've even like Australia was this place that we were praising super hard. And now they're having to put in some of the strictest measures of anybody. Everybody's fucking this up. That's the one thing I will say in favor of Donald Trump. Nobody outside of South Korea and really like the Asian countries who have dealt with a serious pandemic like this uh, and that have a culture, by the way, that's willing to wear masks uh, already pr- prior to this. um, Those are really the only places that have, like, done well. So even Germany, which is mentioned in here, has a case fatality rate of 4.3%. The problem, of course, with case fatality rate is that all this stuff we're talking about is incomplete data, right? Because right now the case fatality rate is dropping in the United States because the average age of people getting this virus, it would seem, is dropping and that's probably happened in Italy and France and Germany and all that too. I think that the I I've been a I've never understood as and by the way, someone that deals with data a lot, like even the the detailed explanations of why we shouldn't be using per capita data at the at their very best, I think they were saying like it's too early, but I think ultimately where we want to get to is per capita data, right? Because ultimately the borders in this country are these arbitrary lines. And so, like, if the Northeast in this country is the equivalent to, in population density, England, maybe we don't view this country as a whole country all the time, but I think that, like, viewing it as a chunk, a representative chunk, like, that is somewhat valuable. And I, I, I think that, like, I'm so happy to live in Washington state because Anthony Cuomo has gotten so much. Andrew Cuomo, Anthony Cuomo, <laughs> this is how informed I am. I'm, I'm doing a lot for my own. Chris cri- Andrew Cuomo. Is it, yeah. Okay. It is. It is Andrew. That's embarrassing. Uh, and it's brother Carl Cuomo, right? No, I know it's Chris. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was in lockstep with Donald Trump and was encouraging people to continue to live their lives. He's got, he's much more eloquent a speaker. He makes you feel a lot more comfortable. But New York City got absolutely ravaged. For some context, like I said, Belgium has the most deaths per million people among any country with over a million population. There's some countries, some very small countries, that got hit very hard. Uh, But... I think Belgium's around 850 people per million died, which you'll see these like crazy misinterpretations of data where people say, oh, well, I, one of my, one of my good friends from high school actually posted some stuff like this, like a 99, you have a nine because, uh, 0.4%. No, no. 0.04% 0.04% of the population in the United States has already died of COVID-19. That means that you have a 99.96% chance of living. That's like the 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 awful dangerous misinterpretation of this. But look at the the most aggressive Antibody numbers suggest that less, less than twenty percent of people have had it. Certainly, more people that have tested positive, by the way, uh, maybe tested positive for the disease and the antibodies. Like that, that it seems like. Um. The antibody stuff is like I actually am a little bit skeptical of that whole the way that's being reported. Also, but I'm so I'm just I'll just say this: I'm very happy to live in Washington State. I think that. Uh, Washington has been strict when necessary, has been uh, lenient when necessary. I would like if they would allow outdoor stand up comedy. That would be very nice. If you're listening, Governor Inslee, I know you're a big fan. You're a little busy right now, but I guess when the time comes and you hear this, if you wouldn't mind letting me do outdoor stand up comedy, that'd be a nice consolation prize. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I'm the biggest thing is like, I just don't get, I think there is, I do think there's a, first off the dude, uh, Jonathan Swan is his name. The Axios reporter, great interview, really pressed Donald Trump in a way, uh, that he's like calm. He's a little like shitty in a British way. You like, you like seeing that, uh, it's like a, and there's other like, he just presses, he presses Donald Trump really well. I actually heard this interview that I'm almost um, hesitant to bring it up because I find of all of the conservative talking heads, I think I find Ben Shapiro to be the least unappealing least unappealing that's for sure a double negative i don't listen to the view <laughs> if, if you uh it's gonna it's gonna start getting suspicious because obviously on the the adam posse interview i brought up joe rogan i don't generally listen to the joe rogan podcast but i think ben Shapiro's like a mostly reasonable conservative he was on there he talked on a on he was on Joe Rogan's podcast recently. Uh, he says, you know, we got to wear masks. He talks, I've, I've heard him talk about, I think his opinions on uh, institutional and systemic racism are a little ignorant and seem kind of intentionally ignorant. I also kind of think that's true of the arguments, of some of the arguments that I hear in favor of, or in deference to systemic racism. But anyway, I thought, I normally think Joe Rogan is, I just, it's like, to me, the problem with that podcast is Joe Rogan. I don't enjoy hearing him talk to most people. I will never listen to that guy talk to a scientist. Uh, He will occasionally get comedians on that I absolutely love, and I'll, I'll listen to those. But he, I thought he did a good job pressing, he pressed Ben Shapiro on Colin Kaepernick. He played a clip that refuted, well, I guess the Jamie dude played a clip that refuted one of the things that Ben Shapiro was saying in front of Ben Shapiro. You're, if you if you hate Ben Shapiro, you're not going to like the interview because it is like a centrist and a conservative talking. Maybe you won't like it. But I actually thought he did a good, pretty good job pressing him. Uh, this dude, Jonathan Swan, seemed to do the same. People are acting like what he did was easy, like sitting in front of the president and constantly challenging him. I can't believe Donald Trump lasted 15 minutes in this interview. I also don't understand what he's got going on where he's giving these – Interviews that make him look like shit all of a sudden. What's going on? I mean, I guess he's maybe trying to... Trying to take a swing at re-election, but wow. Has he allowed himself to look like a fucking moron recently? I even like... This is unpopular, but I thought the, I thought the interview with Dave Portnoy was interesting. The Barstool sports guy. I don't know the... I don't, I guess like I always hear about how Barstool Sports is so horrible. I don't know the reasons. I've looked into them and, like, I again, like, not a fan, don't consume anything on the network. I saw that he interviewed Donald Trump, watched part of it. I will look, that's another one. I guess I'll occasionally pull up, uh, what's the podcast called? KFC Radio, which I don't even know what the host's names are, but they'll have comics on that I like every now and then. I'll listen to those, but. Yeah, I mean, he has really made himself look like an ass recently. And not like in the, like, perception of evil way. Uh, More like in the he looks incompetent and not in an evil way. (laughs) Like, just looks so unfit for the job. Yeah. which I think he actually had done a re- reasonably effective job of shielding the public from until recently. All right, that's enough political talk. Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about sports, and then we'll close this thing out.
0: Sports are back, but does anyone really care?
1: Alright, sports are back. I talked about the Marlins situation the other day. Um obviously baseball has a COVID problem that goes without saying. Uh the St. Louis Cardinals had nearly as bad of an outbreak. The Phillies managed to get off pretty pretty easy. I guess that's what what happens when you're the more responsible team. Uh I will say this, when I watched King of Staten Island, I was pretty certain that I would be thrilled when sports came back, that I would not be able to get enough of sports when they came back. I'll be honest with you, I watched like four innings of baseball so far. I watched like four minutes of basketball so far. Sports are not doing it for me right now. Lifelong, I'm a lifelong sports fan. And I thought that was going to be it. I thought I was going to... I thought this was... Man, I thought I was going to be into sports. And I am... I am just not interested for some reason. I don't know what it is. I'd be curious if anyone else is having that experience. I haven't watched... I canceled cable at the beginning of this. And I thought that I would be going through jumping through hoops, you know, figuring out a VPN to get blacked out Mariners games on MLB TV. Haven't done any of that. Uh and I'm not just saying that to keep the to keep the I do know JP Crawford's having a good season, which that's encouraging. I don't wanna uh not be excited about that, but Yeah, I am uh I guess I'm just not I don't know what it is. I uh I don't have I'm not I, I'm, uh, as the country song goes, my give a damn is busted, I guess. There's just so much going on in the world. I don't know how to care about sports right now. Maybe when football comes back, but I don't even know if then. All right, thank you all for listening. Please check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash DKC uh, It's five bucks. There's full length interviews, ad free. There's video up of uh, most of the interviews, and I'm, I'm going to keep adding to it to make sure it stays up to date. I got a little catching up to do, but uh, thank, thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at DKC McLean uh subscribe to my youtube channel and what else read the king of the hill spec script share it with the highest hollywood executives thank you so much